In this episode, you'll meet Mike Byron, the best pure pilot in the class of 76. Okay, fighter jocks, quit throwing your phones and tablets. Mike is too humble to make such a grandiose statement, so I make it for him. Mike won the soaring award at our graduation and at that time held a flight record for glider longevity. He also was a roomie of mine who helped me stay calm under intense academic stress. For that, I will be eternally grateful. Hi, John. How you doing? Good. This looks like it worked pretty well. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh, being part of this. Uh, oh, happy to. As I warn you in advance, the uh, first question is always: What is your overall message to the uh, incoming class, the the current cadets, the recent grads, and then the old the old farts that uh, we are? <laughs> well, uh, it's not really very profound, John, uh, but. Uh, uh, I do. I would want to encourage uh, the new cadets, those who are just starting, even those who are there, um, to uh, um, that someday you will really appreciate having gone there more than you perhaps do while you're there. It's certainly true of me and a lot of people. Um, I didn't appreciate the Air Force Academy as much while I was going through it as I have since graduation, but it, it will truly change your life. It will bless your life in so many ways, no matter what you do, whether you make a career of the Air Force or whether you uh, get out and pursue something in the civilian world, doesn't matter. It will, uh, the benefits of, of going there and not, uh, well beyond just the education you get, the discipline, the, uh, the bond that you form with your classmates will be, they'll stay with you for life um, and they will carry over to whatever you do so hang in there. It's not a fun four years. Uh, it, 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 fun and Air Force Academy are rarely used in the same sentence. Now, now I have to interrupt right there and ask you, you, you say that, but then you were too, part of a couple of uh, interesting squadrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helped. Uh, yeah, I started out my freshman year in 26, um, which was uh, the Red Barons, Snoopy. And uh, and then the next three years was in the, the Pink Panthers. So I I appreciated the fact that I really was uh, my squadrons were two cartoon characters, and it that I think helped me uh, make sure I didn't take things too seriously while I was there. And if I remember correctly, if, I, if my research is correct, you were in uh, your one of your buddies in your dually squadron became a fairly famous uh, author and comic in uh, at the academy, the Don Hall, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, wonderful guy. We were roommates, in fact, at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he did that Waldo thing for like 40 years, I think. Yeah. 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 Wonderful guy. Now, Mike, what was your first, uh, the first time you realized the Pink Panthers were going to be different? Oh, well, of course, you know, I love the, I just got such a kick out of our, our squadron mascot. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it set a great tone for who we were. We were lighthearted. Uh, we, we, we had some things, I, we had some things in common with the Pink Panther, a little bit, a little bit mischievous, uh, uh, not quite following the rules all the time. Um, and, uh, so he, he, the Pink Panther just set the tone, um, <laughs> for the whole squadron. You know, they say a, a squadron takes on the character of its leader. And if the Pink Panther was our leader, well, we certainly took on his character. <laughs> I remember the uh, the AOC office. Were you part of that deal? No, I I you know I was so busy there with other pursuits that I generally uh, wasn't so much a part of the squadron antics. 
but uh, I certainly enjoyed hearing about them and watching them from the sidelines. Now, I know one of those pursuits, and this is this is something I want all the grads and, and all the cadets to know is uh, you told me when you and I were roommates, you explained to me how you were able to fly a plane without an engine for two hours plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, uh, uh, it, I still do that, by the way. Still fly sailplanes. Uh, that's how I got my start. And I thought it would be nice to come full circle at the end of my uh, career to um, end it the way it began. Um, but yeah, I was fortunate enough to get into the glider program after my freshman year and, and flew sailplanes the entire time I was there. Ended up being the squadron commander and the, the uh, cadet in charge of the soaring program. Um, and I might pass along while we're on the subject, John, to anyone who's there at the academy now or aspiring to go there. If you are hoping to go to pilot training and if you are hoping to fly fighters, and it's, there are certainly um, wonderful airplanes to fly besides fighters. Uh, there's a lot to do in the Air Force. Uh, but if, if someone is interested in trying to, to perhaps uh, end up in fighters, I would strongly encourage you to uh, take full advantage of the glider program. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough how much help that was. It gave me a huge advantage uh, over, over the rest of my class in pilot training. Uh, I, had, I had 500 glider flights before I even got to pilot training. Wow. And uh, you wouldn't think they would, they would correlate or, or much would carry over, but you'd be surprised how much actually does. So if you want to go that route and perhaps try to finish near the top of your class, um, I really encourage you to take full advantage of that program from start to finish. Uh, well, I would think as, as a, a Navy flyer, I would think that it's very good training for guys wanting to land on a carrier because there's not a whole lot of go around in a glider like there is on a boat. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I mean, you know this, a, a three degree glide slope is a three degree glide slope. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're in a glider or a fighter. Um, it, it's just a matter of, uh, I had seen that picture 500 times, but I had seen it in slow motion. <laughs> so I, all I had to do when I got the pilot training was just speed up the picture in my head a little bit. So yeah, then, it's, it's important. It's, it's a good program. And if you want to try to do well in pilot training, really take advantage of it. And I was most fascinated by your stories of looking for lift. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different kinds of lift out there, uh, rotor lift and uh, wave lift, and but even looking for shopping mall parking lots, uh, plow, <laughs> plow fields, uh, things like that. Uh, what places where the lift was gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, there was pretty good lift over right over the academy uh, cadet area with all the hot air coming up there. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, bet. I'll bet. Oh my goodness! And then. Uh, the, the other, the other big question was, I guess you trained the ATOs your first year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. As part of the glider program, I was an instructor for, for the last, uh, well, good part of my time there. Um, and the, uh, the ATOs were, were coming through to get ready for, for July. And that was of course during our senior year. So, so, uh, I was assigned to one of the students. Um, uh, one of the ATOs ended up f uh, flying, uh, with me at United Airlines, but, uh, uh, but yeah, they went through and, and, uh, we put them through the glider program as part of their orientation to get ready to start, uh, when they, they started after we left, of course. That's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I thought that. And then I, I also read the other thing about Glider's story was uh, the Black Forest meet. You guys did a meet? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I was actually part of that meet. Um, That's uh, why they didn't win, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I like to think so, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did. They did have a meet there, uh, and they, of course, they've come a long way since I was there. They, the program is so much more advanced now, and um, the, the gliders are far more high performance gliders. So it's even even better now than when we were there. Now, Mike, my, my question for you, a couple on, on, and we'll finish up the glider part is, how did you get selected? And then that's part of it. And then the other part is, what did it let you get out of that we all had to do? <laughs> well. Uh, you know, back when we were doing it, or when we were there, um, at the end of our freshman year, they took, uh, 150 was all that uh, they allowed into the glider program. It was 50 per summer session. Um, so 150 total. And I think it was on our military bearing, um, but they took the, the top 150 and said, all right, you guys can be part of the glider program. And you went through and got your private pilot license uh, that summer before our sophomore year. And then they took, uh, I think it was 50 out of that 150. And those could go on and get a commercial license. Hmm. Uh, and you did that during the course of your sophomore and even junior year. And then they took 20 out of that and said, all right, you guys can go on and become instructors and teach the incoming Wow. So it was kind of a filtering process along the way. I think it's probably very different now, but that's how somehow I ended up uh, getting into the program and uh, um, just never got out. Yeah, no, you're, you were very, you were the best guy. I thought as I, my memory serves me right. You got some award for being the best guy. Yeah. It's on my wall in my office, the, the outstanding cadet and soaring award and uh, was a uh, uh, CIC of the soaring program. Um, while we were there in squadron commander so it, it it just came naturally to me fortunately you know it's funny john i had never flown an airplane i never flown on an airplane my entire <laughs> life until i got on a plane to fly out to the air force academy to hopefully someday become a fighter pilot um so i'm so really that- glad i liked the trip out there it would have been very disappointing <laughs> to get all the way out there and have to turn around and go back so that that begs the next the big next big question is what got you what what'd you do before you showed up and what got you there? Well, uh, I grew up in Maryland, typical middle class family, um, and you know I remember the time I remember the actual event. John, I was in ninth grade, the beginning of ninth grade, and as you remember, the Vietnam War was going on. And my dad and I are watching the six o'clock news with Walter Cronkite, and as part of the news, some guy standing out in a rice paddy somewhere. And uh, a fighter of some kind flew over his head and the camera, of course, pans up to the fighter and it's peeling off. And I turned to my dad and said, hey, I'd like to do that. (laughs) I I didn't have any idea who was even flying those things. Sure. And uh, he said, well, you got to be in the military to do that. And I said, "Okay, uh, how do I do that? And he said, well, you probably should try to go to the Air Force Academy. All right. (laughs) How do I do that? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we got a catalog, and uh, you may remember the catalog's kind of like a, like an instruction manual. You know, yeah. take these classes, write these letters, and uh, I just followed the instructions like it was a recipe, and and it worked out. But yeah, that was a uh, that was when I decided I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And then uh, you go out to Colorado, get your hair shaved off. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I was in a family that didn't let me have long hair growing up, even though that was the trend. (laughs) But my dad, when I got accepted to the academy, said, all right, you don't have to get another haircut until you leave for the academy. So (laughs) that was my reward. (laughs) Until that first day. Now, do you, what do you remember that summer, that first summer? Oh, I was scared to death. Absolutely terrified. Uh, John, I was so afraid I was, uh, uh, going to flunk out or wash out physically. Uh, I was sure I was going to, I, I was not on the same. I didn't see myself as being in the same category as, as, uh, guys who would go to West Point or Annapolis or the Air Force Academy. So I was sure one way or another, I wasn't going to make it. Um, and I even flew out to Colorado Springs a, a week early mm. so I could run and get acclimated to the altitude um, before we walked in the door, um, probably overdid it. Well, I was running five miles in combat boots. And, um, I think I got the highest score on the PT test that the, on the first one we took when we got there. And I never got that highest score again. Well, cause uh, we're all in, sucking wind. up yeah, at the altitude. I, I was in better shape the day I walked in the door than I ever before. Cause I was so afraid that I was going to wash out. I wasn't going to make it. I remember almost drowning in the 500 yard swim because I'm yeah. a good swimmer. I didn't even worry about it. Oh, halfway through, there's no air in the pool. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's swimming out there is pretty tough. Fortunately, I grew up in a swimming family. So that part came naturally to me. Yeah. And I, and I, I had swum quite a bit too. I did all the Boy Scout stuff and mile swim and all that. And then I got to the academy. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't even go 500 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Not at <laughs> 7,000 feet. Yeah. And I remember them firing a cannon. That that was a that was a big shock. Well, it's funny when you asked me the biggest thing when we went in. That's the first thing that came to my mind was that cannon. Yeah, yeah. I just oh man, the world changed that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, memorable uh, moment. And then obviously, uh, people don't know this, but obviously academics were not a problem for you. Well, I, I shouldn't say not a problem, but I made it through. Um, I was pretty average overall cadet, but, uh, but got through it uh, more than I, or better than I thought when I went there. Uh, turns okay. out I didn't, I didn't flunk out after all. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you roomed with the guys that flunked out, but not. Yeah. Yeah. I was bad luck. <laughs> no, I was, I was a GPA killer. I probably kept you off the Dean's list myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you do in the summers? Cause the summers are kind of important for us too. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, gliders all every summer, except the first one, of course, gliders was one of my summer sessions um, all the way to graduation. So that okay. that was great. Uh, did K-Squadron one summer. Um, what is that? Oh, uh, that was the Remember, K-Squadron was for troublemakers. Remember that? Oh, I thought it was our flight. Our flight. Maybe that's what it was. Well, yeah, no- you, you might be right. It might be called our flight. I don't know where I got K-Squadron, but uh it was that summer squadron where people who were maybe causing a little trouble went. Really? What'd you cause trouble in? Oh, no, no, no. I went there. I didn't go there uh, as a troublemaker. Oh, I went okay. there uh, okay. uh, as one who was running the squadron. Okay. So our flight was the uh, academic pushback. K, K might have been the. Uh, that was the summer the BCT yeah. trouble squadron. So did that. Huh. And, uh, um, oh, of course, first lieutenant and, you know, Siri which was pretty horrible. Yeah. But, where'd, uh, you, where'd you go for third Louis? Uh, I went to mountain home F one eleven's. Okay. Got there and the, 
on the first day, the guy I was assigned to shadow and follow said, he's going TDY for three weeks. Here's the keys to my car. Have fun. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really learn a whole lot, but had a good time up in Mountain Home, Idaho. Did you fly any? No, didn't fly. Didn't go into the squadron a single day. I went to the Snake River and tubed and swam and that was about it. He was gone the whole time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. It was a 111 base back then. What? Yeah. And then it became a lawn dart bases. Yeah. 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 So um, you were talking a little bit about the pink Panthers and, and your introduction and all the hijinks. Um, and I know for, from personal experience, you had a great way of dealing with stress, whether it was going out, being a glider pilot or doing stuff in the room. Did you want to share one of those things that you did in the room? I, I don't recall, John. You got a better memory than I do. Well, you taught me how to juggle. That's what I was. Thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. I learned that during finals week. Yeah, yeah, juggling, great stress reducer. Well, yeah, you living with me and trying to go through finals. That's you taught. He taught me to juggle to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't talk and juggle at the same time. So yeah, there was a reason for it. Yeah, and then and then and then we took our we we pass, I passed finals. I was thrilled, and then. You took me down to the mall and we made money, enough money to buy dinner. Yep. Yeah. Celebrate. That yeah. was, that was hysterical. Yeah. That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I distinctly remember you going to at least one of the Palmdale things. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what they call that thing? Um, the debutante ball. Debutante ball. Yeah. I went out there with Steve Odiorn. Um, and uh, we were we were the escorts, the formal escorts for these debutantes at their coming out party. A very old Southern tradition, I guess. But uh, and we ended up going back. We, we each ended up uh, dating for a short while. The girl that we took to the debutante ball. So we went back out there and uh, went out for the Rose Parade on New Year's Day. We oh, slept, wow. We slept on the sidewalk overnight um, so that we could have a good spot to see the parade the next day. <laughs> that's cool i did that though you guys did that yeah odie and i did that it was a lot of fun yeah he was from uh dc also yeah 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 and he's here in colorado now as well that's right and he and i he and i were duelies together in 15 oh wow yeah, yeah. wonderful wonderful guy not not as much fun as 26 <laughs> no that's right <laughs> yeah so well that's cool so then uh you talked about, uh, I don't know if we talked about it live yet, but about the uh, f first year you were able to do some really cool things with the soaring program. First year you got the paint airplanes painted, I recall. Yep. Yeah, we did that. And, uh, um, yeah, started doing some different uh, types of contests like endurance. How long can you fly into the plane? About a two and a half hour, three hour flight right over the academy uh, cadet area. Just a good lift day. And, the only reason I came down that day is my feet were freezing. Um, wow. But, but yeah, we started doing different types of, uh, there are badges and different types of uh, accomplishments that you can get as part of the Soaring Society of America. So we started doing those kind of things as well. And then you said you were part of Drum and Bugle? Yeah, I was in the Drum and Bugle Corps. I played drums in, in uh, um, high school. Remember how they all want, they want a leadership um, um box check to go to the air force Academy. my leadership box hmm. was i was president of the high school band oh, wow. um so uh that filled the leadership square and so when i got there i uh, was part of the drum and bugle corps in fact it's 50th anniversary is coming up 
That's of right. The, of the drum bugle corps. So I was really proud to be a part of that. Odie was in it. He was the drum major. Um, okay. So that, uh, I really enjoyed doing that, going to different football games and things, uh, performing. Um, so, yeah, there was that and soaring and honor committee. So th- I was pretty busy there. So that's why I didn't get to participate as much, perhaps, in some <laughs> of the hijinks that went on. <laughs> That's okay. The high the hijinks were there. There's plenty of people that have hijinks stories. Yeah. You, uh, oh yeah. You brought up the the honor committee thing. Now when when did you get uh, elected to that or assigned to? How did that happen? Junior year. And I you know I don't recall how. Um, uh, I don't know if Wiz Squadron chose that or how I got involved in it, but uh, was a part of that my junior and senior year. Um, so uh, and it, it takes a fair amount of time or was very involved, but, uh, but it's an important part, you know, of the Academy. I mean, we have, we want, uh, we want officers to, to uh, take their integrity and their character, of course, um, very seriously. Um, when we grant, we have a lot, you know, try to do some fun things when we're there and little hijinks here and there, but, but we don't want to ever forget uh, how serious this profession truly is. I, I you know, I think about how, you know, 30 of our classmates, John, didn't survive their 20s. Um, yeah. Some of them didn't survive pilot training. Yeah. So it's a serious um, profession and one that should be taken seriously. So we do a lot of crazy things, perhaps, at the academy. But uh, when graduation comes around, it's perhaps time to leave some of those behind and, and realize that there's there's going to be people out there looking to us to lead. And uh and we need to take that part seriously. And part of that is, is character and integrity. And I'm very proud of all the D's I earned. Yeah. <laughs> well, you worked hard for every one of them. Yeah, or not hard enough. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the point you're making about uh, how it's an unforgiving business once you graduate, I want to reiterate to everyone that in our Pink Panther group, every single guy who graduated in, and the one guy who didn't, who got most of the way through with us, survived until their 60s yeah yeah and that we didn't lose one one classmate to an accident or and i we all did hairy things i mean if they if we've all got stories yeah I'm curious, mike do you have any close call stories for us oh um i had a i you know, there were of course several i was ended up flying f-15s and uh, which i was very very grateful for it was my dream airplane um, so very thankful to, to do that was in, got in it right out of pilot training and never left it. Um, so there's of course several, uh, but probably the worst one was a, a serious case of spatial disorientation out over the Atlantic off of, well, you're a Navy guy off of Norfolk. Um, I was at Langley and, um, uh, just one of those perfect days to get disoriented, uh, uh, overcast, well, two layers of overcast, one below and one above. Wow. It was, it was evening. So the, so the, the sky is dark blue, kind of dark blue and the ocean's dark blue and cloud yeah. layer above cloud layer below sun down on the horizon. It was just the perfect conditions to get completely confused as to which way was up and which way was down. And I literally had it 180 degrees ended up, ended a fight where four of us are out there dog fighting and uh, I was the lead said, okay, knock it off, knock it off. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the fight, you try to find everybody and get, get all back together. And I think, I, I think I'm in a 60 degree climbing turn. And I actually was in a 60 degree dive inverted. Didn't know it. So oh, wow. that, yeah. And 
And, uh, you know, I remember hearing in my ears, trust your flight instruments, trust your, you remember how yeah, yeah. hammer that into you all the way through pilot training, trust your flight instruments. And I looked at my flight instruments and they, they said, you're not in a climbing 60 degree climb. You're in a, you're in an inverted 135 degree dive dive. So what's your altimeter telling you? It's, it's winding down so fast. You can't yeah. keep track of it. So I just rolled level on the flight instruments and pulled, which to me felt like I was rolling upside down and pulling toward the ocean. That's what yeah. it felt like. Man, but but yeah, if your VF is going the wrong way, you got to. Yeah. But yeah. pulled up to level, trusting the flight instruments like they always taught us. And uh, once I got level and looked around, and I think I picked up the horizon there, picked up the shoreline, it, it all went away. But uh, um, I was about six seconds away from crashing in the ocean at about 600 knots. Yeah. You, uh, when you get done with one of those flights, that's when it hits you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my wife always knew I'd walk in and she took one look at me. This happened several times. You say, all right, what happened today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of a little shaky at the door. Yeah, or yeah, not, but you're, you're, yeah. you're right. You don't even appreciate it till you, really till you, till you climb down the ladder out of the airplane. And then it does kind of hit you how close, how close it was. How, how you're fighting, you're fighting the situation all the way to the, to the bloody end. Yeah, that's yeah. a. So I, I got to just toss in a little biography thing. I did uh, kindergarten through first grade at Langley. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was one of my, one of my little places before we moved to Alaska, that that's where my dad was stationed. He was stationed there in the late fifties, early sixties at Langley. He was an air force Intel guy. Oh, wow. Oh, that's and, great. And, and apparently when I was four years old, I took swimming lessons with the Mercury seven astronaut kids. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, my mom tells me this story. I I, uh, I was just taking swimming lessons with a bunch of kids named Glenn Carpenter and Grissom. You know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty neat though. And then then uh, I, as I look at your history, you went out to well, you got to go to Williams first. Was that yeah. pretty competitive? Yeah, I, I was very glad to go to Willie. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know if you remember. Well, of course, you didn't go that route, but uh, uh, that Willie was kind of considered the one of the prime pilot training basis so i was grateful that i get, that uh, got to go there and uh, had a great class uh, uh mark welch was in our class yeah i was gonna say you had all the superstars and there, jack right? Catton and i became <laughs> dearest and best of friends and we are to this very day and uh we were the first class to get two f-15s and and he and i got them so we were really grateful for that and and he and his wife jan and my wife uh, the four of us um became very close our careers tracked together for the whole time I was in the Air Force. We were Langley together, Luke together as instructors. Uh, so uh, became very dear friends. And uh, of course, I got out and went to the airline and, and, and Jack stayed in and ended up with a couple of stars. Yeah. So you went to the airline, but didn't you do something before the airline? Well, yeah. When I first got out, um, they weren't hiring. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come back to Colorado. My wife's family's from Colorado. Her, her mom had passed away and we came back here to uh, be near her dad and, and uh, kind of look out for him. Um, so I ended up working with an investment firm for a little while, but that was just a few years. And then, then went, uh, went, when United started hiring, uh, got on with them, fortunately, pretty quick. And then you stayed with United till for the whole time, right? Yeah. Almost 30 years. I just retired a year and a half ago um, yeah. and uh, really enjoyed my time there flew mostly um, internationally, flew uh, wide bodies, 777 and 767. 
so uh, mostly to Europe, back and forth. Um, wow, time zone. So, yeah, I just I, I loved uh, international flying, um, so I was very grateful to be able to do that as well. And then what? Uh, just for the folks that don't know better, what what F fifteen skills or traits did you pick up that might apply to the commercial world? Uh, well, of course, you know, if, uh, flying any airplane, I think um, your scan has to be very fast in a, in a fighter and uh, and having a, the ability to scan the instruments quickly and process what you're seeing. It was very helpful. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, the F-15, of course, is very high performance, very sensitive. I go to United and I get in a 727 simulator, never been in one, <laughs> and turn the yoke to the to make a turn to i think to the right and nothing happened and i literally turned around the instructor said i think something's wrong with it and then the, <laughs> and then the simulator started to turn <laughs> it wasn't quick enough yeah I, I was just i was so used to you just think about turning and you're already turning yeah um so yeah i, I actually thought the sim was broken because the response was so so, so slow <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains a lot. I had I flew in the reserves after active duty, and and I had a lot of airline pilots for my my primary pilot, and I'd sit next to these guys, and as soon as they get airborne, they start yanking the plane, yeah, D's left and right because they wanted to get back into a flying thing. It was quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, different different world. They go. They're tired of driving the family car. They want to get back in the sports car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Mike, I, I, we've covered almost everything that I guess the one quirky thing I wanted to bring up was this, uh, and you were one of the three guys that got to do this. Again, I, I want to reiterate to the people listening that this is a cadet squadron that had a sense of humor, but also pulled off some pretty cool things. And you were part of a, the, the Revolutionary War, uh, uh, whatever they call it, the uh, flat yeah. five, honor, five drum guy. Honor guard is essentially yeah. what it is. It's... Uh... Yeah, and this was the brainchild of Pete Mapes, so I want to give him full credit for that. But we, of course, were the class of 76. We were the bicentennial class. So the anniversary of the birth of our nation was a big deal. Um, that's how we got our Spirit of 76 motto. Um, and as part of that, um, those who perhaps follow a little history of the Revolutionary War remember, will remember the the Fife and Drum Corps, the, 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 the honor guard. It was a flag, a drummer, and a, and a, a fife player. Uh, and uh, the, the picture from history, they're, they're actually wounded. One of them has head injury. And they were representative, really, of, of our Revolutionary War fighters. And uh, so Pete put it all together, um, actually got a drum and, and made a great uh, kind of homemade a great part of the drum that I used uh, we used ropes and and, uh, and and things to try to make it as original as we could um, and Pete uh, researched the uniforms even the buttons yeah. on the uniforms from the various uh, regiments that fought in the Revolutionary War and it to use a modern day term it kind of went viral um, <laughs> and, uh, before viral was even uh, catchy um, and we ended up going all over the place uh, uh, as part of that Fife and Drum Corps um, for different ceremonial events. And uh, yeah, so it ended up being quite quite a big deal. Well, did, did, I mean, how did you first go out and do it? How did you get the approval to do this? I, I, I don't know. I, you're going to have <laughs> to ask Pete that. He, he just came to me and asked if I'd be a part of it and said, sure, I think it sounds pretty cool. And uh, 
everybody uh, listening in, you got to understand we're doing parades. We're getting, we're doing in rank inspections. We're marching everywhere. And these clowns are dressed up like revolutionary <laughs> war guys, dueling around, doing their own little thing. It was like, how do they pull this off? This is yeah, so we, cool. we ended up being kind of like rock stars. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they could get in the newspaper and they were getting on TV and stuff. It, it was yeah. Very, yeah, we, very, yeah, very bizarre. We were on TV. We go to the nation's capital. And we were doing all sorts of cool stuff. So it, it, I didn't think it would ever amount to much, but it really turned out to be pretty, pretty special. And again, this was a, a cadet originated, unsanctioned, Pink Panther uh, inspired uh, stunt that took off and became real popular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again, I, I want to give Pete all the credit. He really, uh, he was the driving force behind it. Uh, but it was, a, it really was a, a special memory while I was there. And we'll, we'll get Pete on one of these down the road, but he was not considered the funniest guy in our class. He was no, he was very not. Very straight-laced guy. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Great attitude. Pretty, pretty serious-minded, but uh, this was a great one. Well, Mike, I want to thank you. This was great. And I will, I will, uh, we will clean it up, make sure that there's no buzzes and whistles. But I, I, I think that we've covered about everything I can think of that makes sense. You, yeah. might, you might want, I also want to uh, make sure that everybody knows in your situation, you've got a big family. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I'd like to brag about your family to let you, by letting you talk about them a little bit. Oh, well, I just, first of all, I was very blessed with, uh, uh, to meet my wife, Cherie, while at, uh, at the end of our junior year, met her. Uh, so we dated my senior year and got married three days after graduation. I didn't rush into like a lot of our classmates who got married the same day. I, I waited three days. <laughs> waited 72 hours. Okay. Yeah. Before getting married. But, uh, and uh, so we just celebrated 40, uh, 45 years uh, together. Uh, we've been blessed with six wonderful children. Um, and my youngest daughter just two days ago had our 14th grandchild. Wow. So, so wow. I'm on my way out to Nashville here tomorrow to, see her but uh, uh all doing well and uh, just very very fortunate um none of them actually expressed an interest in either flying or the air force academy which was yep. fine with me they're yep. all pursuing um very uh, interesting endeavors but uh, yeah very very fortunate very blessed uh, in that regard so and by the way i'll mention something um again for for the cadets who are there now who might be might listen to this uh Again, I want to mention, well, actually, I'd like to pass along some advice that I received um, that was very helpful. So this is not of me. This is through me. And I owe it to the one who gave me the advice, I think, to pass it along. And he, he pulled me aside. He was a major, crusty old major there when, I, when we were at the academy our senior year. And he, he said, son, you want to you wanna fly fighters? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, well, let me give you some advice. And he had finished fourth in his class in pilot training. And uh, he gave me some good advice. And I want to pass it along. He said, first of all, you need to be laser focused. Uh, you need to eat, breathe, and sleep pilot training for that one year, just singular minded and focused. But the second thing he said was, and this is really important. He said, um, chair fly, chair fly, chair fly. Uh, before every flight the night before sit in a chair and fly the whole thing in your mind walk out to the airplane see yourself doing the walk around see yourself climbing in strapping on the, the belts running the checklist um, fly that whole flight in your mind um, 
every night before you fly it the next day. Um, that was probably the, the best advice I received. Uh, and it worked out well. Um, ended up winning the uh, Air Training Command Flying Training Award um, and, and ended up snagging an F-15. But uh, I want to pass it along because it wouldn't be fair for me to take advantage of that great advice and not pass it along to others. So again, I don't mean to just talk about fighters because um, there are a lot of wonderful things to do in the Air Force and a lot of wonderful airplanes to fly. But for those who want to maybe finish near the top, I really um, suggest, uh, I want to pass along that advice because it worked for me. And uh, so I just wanted to share it with anybody who has aspirations to try to maybe uh, end up in fighters. Thanks. That was great. And Mike, it's unbelievable timing that this uh, conversation has taken exactly 36 minutes. All right. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's good. It must, it's gotta be time to stop then. It's good karma. <laughs> yeah. Good karma. Yeah.